Listener Production. Today, this podcast is being recorded on Gadigal land. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians of this country and elders past, present. We extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Lambert. Hi. Oh my God. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to meet you. I am too. It's so good to be here. I um I told you before we started that I've been watching you do endless interviews. Uh, I've been watching you uh, run around Australia. Oh yeah. Like a mad person. Mm-hmm. And I've also kind of watched you work your ass off since I was an early teenager. Aww. So have you ha- when are you having a rest up? What's going on? Actually, this is like the last full day uh-huh. of, of like hustle, 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 interview, uh-huh. interview, interview. I'm headed to the Maldives, actually. Rest? A little rest, yeah, oh, a little rest. My God. Just so, for a few days. So are you going to not talk to anyone? Are you going to try and accidentally write some more music or something? Or I'm going to turn off. I'm going to rest. Yes, rest. How often do you get to do that? <clears throat> because, like I said, I feel like you're always everywhere. You've got, you're the lead vocalist of... Queen, what the hell? You're also, you've just released a new album, High Drama. Yeah. You are writing a musical, I heard. Yes. You also have a charity. Yes. And you're currently sitting in Australia, which for you must feel forever away. The flight is a bit. It's a long flight, but you know, I got to say, it's freezing in LA right now, freezing in New York, freezing in London. Coming down here, it's beautiful weather. And I love Australia. Everybody's so nice. Oh my God. The vibe is good. People are friendly. It's it's. It was, I was really excited to get down here. Okay. I wish I was staying longer. I know. I really, but I'm leaving tomorrow, unfortunately. Work, work, work. But I'm almost to like a break. Yes. I'm almost to a break. It's 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 near. Yeah, you're almost. Yeah. It's like when you can see the yeah. light and the tunnel. And I know that, you know. Oh, it's so fun doing crazy interviews. But you must just be. I don't. Absolutely. I don't mind. I like talking. You know, Here's it's, it's good. I, I think it's the sleep. The lack of sleep gets like yeah. that's the part that I resent a little bit. But totally. it's like you know, I'll, I, and I'm excited about the project. I'm excited about this album. Totally. I like talking about it. Totally, you it's know. amazing. Your voice is obviously life changing. Uh, oh my god, genre bending. <laughs> oh yeah. So Lem actually came second on Arabs Got Talent. Oh my god, Abby. No. So Lem can sing really well as well. So oh, when she says that, know. when I say it, it means nothing. I can do three notes. <laughs> <laughs> when she says it, then it actually means something, Aww. I think. <laughs> I'm um, not going to sing. <laughs> 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 I would try, but I think I have well, a module. We're like, going to do the whole thing in like <laughs> soprano, <laughs> the whole thing. The album's great. How Thank does it you. feel to get it to get it out and and have it out in the world for everyone to enjoy and love? It's it feels good, and it feels good knowing that people are actually liking it. Yeah. Like it's actually you know it's popular, it's catching on. Totally. Which is you know look when you're an artist, you, there's that point in the studio where you're making songs and. It's about the music and it's about your relationship to the music. And then once that part's done, you're like, I hope people like it. You know, yeah. I hope it I hope it connects and it's connecting now. And that's totally. so exciting. When you write music, when you or when you're up recording music and um, you know, you're choosing the song to the album, are you just thinking, This is what I want to do and this is what I love, and then you kind of get to the point to the end where you go, Oh shit, now I have to try and make the world love it, or are you thinking about it the whole time? I can think of, I think about both. I'm, mm. It's like, yeah, it's like you wear two hats a little bit. Yeah. I think with a cover album, it's it's so much about like giving the audience what they want. It's yeah. like crowd pleasers, you know? And that's, so I was thinking very much about like live performances of the album and like what the audience will like and totally. my fans, like what they expect of me and what they would love to hear. And, yeah. and then I also have my personal relationship to everything that of I, course. I do. But it's definitely not quite as personal as writing your own music. Of course, yes. But it's still a bit of it's a bit of fun. It's like my dream doing karaoke, but too bad I can't sing the <laughs> shit. But so I, you know, I, I started asking about you resting before we started chatting. We were speaking about how hard it is for someone to take a rest, particularly entertainment. Mm. I wonder, is there a fear of having a, a lapse in what you're doing in case you lose momentum personally or in terms of how the public see you? Yeah, I mean, I think. Look, I have an amazing manager, an amazing team around me that push, 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 because I can tend to be like, eh, I need to rest, you know? Yeah, well, of course we need to <laughs> yeah. rest, yeah. But it's that, that dichotomy is good. It's good to have, like, the balance of push and pull. Mm. Um, it is true that, like, you've got to keep it up. You know, yeah. you got if you want something to happen, you have to kind of keep drilling totally. at it. You have to keep the momentum going. 
But it's also, you know, one of the things I realized during the pandemic is that it's also really important to make sure you have balance and yeah. like make sure that you do have a personal life and that you're happy in other areas of your life because yeah. you can't rely on your career for your happiness. To make you happy. That's, That's very dangerous. Did you get to a point where you felt like you were relying on your career to make you happy? I felt like I had given everything I had to my career and I hadn't made space for the other things. Mm -hmm. And that, when I realized that, I was it was kind of depressing. I was like, dang, I need to re-prioritize a little bit so that I can stay productive. You know, a yeah. creative person, when they're, when they're not happy, it's like, what do you, you know, it's like, Unless you're planning on writing a bunch of really sad shit. Yeah. I mean, which, like like Rule. Yeah, it could who work. Who I just interviewed, by the way, who I heard you on his album. Too. I know, yeah. I know. That's why nice we're in guy. sync. Really lovely. nice guy. And the album's good. But he was like, my album's so depressing. I was like, I know. I was worried about your therapist, what they're going through right he's now. He's so tall. He's so tall. He's really lovely. Hands are really big. No, yeah. He's, he's really lovely. <laughs> yeah, anyway, nice so... <laughs> anyway, so yeah, otherwise you're not writing depressing shit. You need to have some sort of light and shade, right? Yeah. Right. And, I, like, and look, everybody has their own like turmoil. Like I've, you know, I've had my heart broken. I've been all that stuff you draw on mm. for the arts. But overall, you want your quality of life to be good. Because you need to live a life to draw yeah. experience off, whether they are good or bad. Yeah. Because when you're touring with Queen, you're doing. I've already listed all the things, but I, I, you do so so much. Then you you kind of get to a point where you go. I mean, this is not the same thing, but it kind of is. So I have the radio show and the <laughs> podcast, and I when I work a lot, not that I'm anything like you, Adam Lambert, but <laughs> when I work a lot, and I'm like, what the fuck do I talk about? Because you're just too... Tapped out. Yeah, and yeah. I don't live too. I I'm, I'm a TV host. You out. I mean, yeah. that's, that's what they call it. And I, I think I've that's happened to me before, where I've just been yeah. like, I'm burned out. You know, I need to like... Oof. How do you know you're burnt out? How do you know you're at that point? I think you just know. You're just like, yeah. I'm fried. I have see, nothing left. <laughs> yeah, see, I knew when I was calling, when I was trying to find facilities to go and be in for a couple of weeks because I was like... Then you know, yeah. I, yeah. I was like catatonic and Lem was having to having to sort out podcast content yeah. without without me being involved, <laughs> if I'm the only host. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, the thing that was great about the pandemic was that it gave me that time that I hadn't had in a while. Yeah. It was a good restart of like a, a wipe the slate, like we're, you know... Let's start over. Yeah. That was nice. And what does Adam Lambert do at home during the pandemic? Are you cutting basil leaves? I'm imagining you, I'm imagining you, I'm imagining you on a balcony, like <laughs> taking care of like cherry tomato plants. I didn't garden. There was no gardening. gardening. No, I didn't oh. have a green thumb. Um, oh. I mean, I had another kind of green thumb. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. No, that's all stuff. Definitely in yeah. the cloud. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, part of it was laziness, but part of it was just nothing, which was kind of nice. But you know what, maybe it isn't laziness, it's more of a rest mode. I think lazy the, has a, is a weird do, they word. They do say, I've, I read this thing, I've seen this meme like a hundred times, like creative people need time to do nothing. Yes. And that is very true. Of course. Because there's a, it's hard to put your finger on what is necessary to be creative. Mm. How do you describe what it is? The, yeah. What does it take to have creative output? It's not a, it's an abstract idea. It's yeah. not a, it's not time. Yeah. It's not like it's not a like a a, a literal grounded format that, mm. that makes you, mm. you know, like a formula to like, this is what it takes to, you know, yeah. this is my recipe for creativity. Yeah, 30 hours a week for... It's for, kind yeah. of, it's, a th it's ephemeral. It's something you can't quite like box in. So sometimes it just takes time to like, to like build up in yeah. you, you know, like a, it's energy, it's source, it's like ideas. Like when you have time to think and have lots of ideas. You know, mm. like when I'm sitting around, I write things down. I'll have like a yeah. thought, I'll like write a note. That's where the creativity comes from. Mm. And it's like it builds up. It's like a, a reservoir of ideas and... And then you can let it all yeah, out yeah. and then do amazing work yeah. like you do. And the, be the beautiful thing about the pandemic was that I had time to kind of be lazy, but then I also started working on my musical. Yes, I was. that yes. was the next question. And it was do great because I was not distracted with anything yeah. else. I had only thing but time on my hands, which mm -hmm. is great. Mm -hmm. And I started doing Zoom sessions with other producers and writers. Oh my God. And writing these songs. It was so great. Yeah. Because it was just like there was nothing else going on and I felt like I could give all of my energy and focus to that. Mm -hmm. It was great. Can you tell us more about the musical? Well, not I'm really. not ready to reveal I know, the full I know thing you yet, are. but I can tell you I that it, I can tell you it's <laughs> 1970s. Oh my God, it's it. uh, in New York City. Uh -huh. It's glam, it's queer, uh -huh. it's rock and roll. It's camp? Is it quite camp? It's a bit camp, mm -hmm. yeah. It's everything that I love. Like yeah. all the things that I love, a lot of, and a lot of the themes that I find important, uh, you know, things that, that are that are lighthearted and silly, but also things that are like deep and heavy, like yeah. that they're all in there. Oh God, I can't yeah, wait to I'm fly to I New wait. York to go and see it. I don't know what I'm gonna do, it sounds amazing. It's gonna be an album first. 
Okay, great. So it'll be an album first, yeah, like a concept and then album. it will be, yeah. and then we're gonna adapt it. Just like Jesus Christ Superstar, basically. My favorite. That's like my, my favorite, favorite musical. I agree. Yes, I agree. I so good. More musicals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know that was a, that album was like a proper album first. It was yeah. like it wasn't a stage show. It was an album. Is that bad? Rock that I know that? <laughs> oh, it's such a good. It's good. Okay, it's I'll, a good one. I'll give it a go. Thanks, I feel like guys, they had the like a big popular tour of it here in Australia not too yes, long ago. Yes, they did. They did. Yeah. With Mel. I'm a Rocky Horror bitch. I like Rocky through. Horror too. Yeah. It's all. I did a full. I love it. I was anxious before my first day of filming a couple weeks ago and I did a full of my Instagram stories dance to the entire soundtrack <laughs> and everyone was like is that be okay my manager called me I was like are you okay like are you, have, have you fully I mean my undies going <laughs> it's not well oh my god um, but it got all of it out right absolutely yeah, yeah. babe it's, it's the cr- yeah. no one gets my creative process <laughs> I get it, it I get it so I also want to talk to you about obviously I'm everyone's spoken to you about it but when you first came onto the scene American Idol you, you were the only person wearing guy liner, which right. is so That's fucking, what they called it, yeah. Isn't it so... It was just silly. I was like, it's eyeliner. Silly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I read an interview that you did where you spoke about it's so ridiculous because people have been wearing, like, men or masculine, yes. wearing makeup yes. since the 50s or, yeah. you know, even prior, since probably the dawn of time. The, the, the restoration period and, like, with powdered wigs. Yeah. I mean, they were wearing... Totally. They full were, faces. They were doing full curls. Yeah. They were, like, setting their hair. Like, mm-hmm. it was great. Okay, obviously at the time, you know, looking back now in hindsight, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's like, great, wow, how amazing you could be at the forefront of that movement, the vanguard of that movement. And, you know, Lil Nas X, I heard, thanked you for breaking down barriers. Very flattering. Which is... I think he's amazing. He is amazing. Such but a you're star. also amazing and you are Thanks. a true vanguard Thank when you. it comes to this stuff. But it's a bittersweet to know that you had to go through all the vitriol to kind of help move this forward. No, I don't feel bittersweet about it because, you know, if I look back, yes, there were some obstacles. There were some moments that were challenging. Mm. There were some roadblocks, so to speak. But I'm still here and I'm still doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yes, when I, in 2009, coming onto the music scene, there wasn't a lot of other people like me in in the scene. And there was definitely work to be done. And I took some heat for it and some knocks. But it didn't stop me. Did anything affect you? If it didn't stop you, did anything yeah. get to you? Yeah, it definitely got to me. I mean, I, I was frustrated from time to time. Mm-hmm. I definitely, uh, I, I, I felt like I was running way uphill. You okay. know what I mean? I felt like yeah. it was like there was a lot of force against it, but I'm, uh, I'm pretty stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> and did you feel like you had to work? I mean, it's interesting because it would have been a catch-22 where you're getting all this attention for how you're presenting yourself, right? Which is good, like, any publicity is good publicity, but did you feel like, I have a really good fucking voice. Can we can we talk about that for a moment? Did you ever there feel was, like there, that? There was a point where I was like, I was, I tend to be kind of the guy that, like, if some if someone tells me no, I probably push harder against it. Sure. Yeah. So I'm the it's kind like, of guy that, like, they're like, oh, we think his makeup's weird. I'm like, well, then I'm going to wear more. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you, you know? Yeah. I'm that guy. And so I did that for a while, which felt good, you yeah. know, to kind of, like, prove a point. Be bratty. Yeah, be like, and be like, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a point where I was like, well... If this is really distracting people that much from what I can do, then what would it be like if I just didn't? Yeah. And 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 around like 2015, I kind of like gave myself a little style makeover. I got, went real natural. Yeah. And and I, and I was feeling it. You know, yeah. I was feeling my my zhuzh. Yeah. I looked. I was I was kind of snatched. Yeah. At the time, I was, I was feeling know, my zhuzh. I, I love that. And it, and it was interesting. It was an interesting experiment to be like, okay, so what if we remove all of the the fun, flamboyant presentation? Yeah. What will that change? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it did. Do you change anything? I don't know at if it all. did. I don't know if it did. It, it, it certainly took less time to get ready. Absolutely, <laughs> you had more sleep. I was a lot could, more efficient. You could do way yeah. more with your time. Yeah, but it was like I don't know if it changed anything because I think at the end of the day, being a musician, it's like is it's about is the music good? Yeah. And I think what happened was by that point, by 2015, it had already become sort of slightly more normalized. Like it, we were getting there. And we're getting YouTubers as well. Like yeah. even just in terms of yeah. everyday people having someone to relate to. Yeah. That that they could say, oh, but this is um, way more normalized now. Right. And then, you know, cut to like five years later, 2020, five years later. Yeah. Look at us now. Yeah. I mean, look at like what TikTok has done. It's put all these people into other people's phones being exactly who they are, yeah, expressing themselves. You're seeing, like, for example, like, cosmetics. It's, like, it's huge right now because yeah. of social media probably. Absolutely. And, like, there's tons of guys that are 
playing with makeup, that are yeah. doing tutorials and teaching. I just feel like it's a, it's an exciting time because you are seeing this next generation come up and like they're so not educated. as bothered about so some educated. stuff. It's yeah, crazy. yeah. Are you a scroller through TikTok? Or do you? I am a scroller. You're obsessed. Yeah, I'm, I I am still a little more stuck on Instagram because that's it's like that's my it's like what I'm used to. I know, me too. But I'm I, I'm I what I love about TikTok is I love how creative it is. Mm. I love that people get on there and like they have like ideas. Yeah, that's cool. I think as well, it's really accelerating progress politically. I mean, mm. maybe it's also causing a larger divide, which I want to speak to you about as well. Kind of Tennessee. Uh, drag, yes, if that's okay, if, you, yeah, if you're okay I'm, to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fucking political. I, you, uh, you can go anywhere, I'm, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, you know, even though people can say that it's causing a great divide and algorithms are pushing us into different corners of the internet, I do think it's, it, I get educated on topics so much faster. Yeah. Even like Australian politics, US politics. So much information. Yeah. And from all over the world and you can yeah. you can learn so much in much more efficient ways. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been really good but also my addiction is bad. It's bad. Yeah, it I'm is I'm the same. Bad. I, I, it's like it, my brain likes absorbing mm. information. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I think that's how dopamine. we all are. Yeah. yeah, and the dopamine hit mm. and then we're just like oh, more, 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 more and it, yeah. yeah, it can get... It's like the pokies. Yeah. Like, 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 <laughs> it was a slot machine. Yeah, it's a, po- a pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about. Okay, I want to talk about American politics. I, whenever I kind of cornered everyone when I was hosting this Friday's Live thing, I'd corner all the artists to speak about gerrymandering and shit. Because I like, I, I don't know what's, I don't know how this has happened, but I have like a thing for American politics. But um, I'm obviously, so sorry. I know. No, you know, you know why? Because it's kind of like a spectator sport for me. I'm not involved. Fair. <laughs> Fair. I go, that's fucked. Anyway, I can't do anything about it. I mean, it. I feel the same way, but I'm, it's like in my backyard. And I'm like, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck is going on? I don't so know. the most recent big news, I mean, there's been a lot of anti-trans, anti-LGBT, obviously yeah. Roe v. Wade being overturned, which so weird, traumatic and yeah. awful. And I think everyone around the world felt how awful, how scary that is going backwards. But the thing I wanted to talk to you about was the drag queen performance limitation in Tennessee. And this what do you thing, think about that? <laughs> look, I mean, it's silly it's, thing. This, like, if anybody reads a history book, it's like this is an old story. Mm-hmm. There's a group in the country that feels threatened by progress and the next generation coming up and all these things. They're digging their heels in because they're freaked out. Yeah. They're they're nationalistic, they're yeah. moralistic, and they're all they're all freaked out. Yeah. What about the children? What about mm-hmm. the children? And I think it's they find groups to target. Mm-hmm. And scapegoat, yeah, and blame, mm-hmm. and it's like this has happened over and over again in history. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we can't, like, e- you know, even even the Republicans in the South, who are many of which kind of dumb, mm-hmm. can't, you can't crack open a book and read like read one chapter and realize no. that like we're, we're we're repeating bad shit. Well, like no, this they, is not good. Well, they can't because it's easier to say to be scared. Yeah, to be yeah. to be, to be and terrified. To and in the Trump era, obviously, oy, 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 really yeah. accelerated that. So I think the Trump, Trump era. Ga- no, definitely not. Definitely <laughs> Me not. asking questions. Like, no, think no. Of Trump. Don't no, even get no, me started. Yeah, no. I want to get you started. But I think I that love- I think that that's the thing. The scary thing about the whole Trump era, which is, I guess, not over. I don't. Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They, they couldn't nail him for anything. They couldn't. January six. They couldn't do anything about that. Very slippery. It's a slippery, slippery, slippery little man. bugger, isn't he? But they like the fact of the matter is that he gave empowerment to these people totally. to, the, to a whole group of people in our country that are hateful and. Mm. Dumb and 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 ignorant and small. It, it, it's it's scary. It and they felt scary. seen by him. They felt completely validated that he that the leader of the country thinks the same way that someone does in a farm in Mississippi who hates. And every the irony minority. is, he doesn't give a shit about these people. No. That's the irony. It's he also, actually doesn't care about them. He's just using them. Yeah, of course. Mm. It's also reached Australia. I think. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not Australian. I come from the Middle East, and living here with the Trump era. I've also noticed the polarization that's happened. It's yeah. happening all over the world. Yeah, I mean, there's the there's this whole like right wing extremism that's like kind of sweeping. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what happened in the UK with Brexit. I mean, that's yeah. that was sort of conservative driven. Mm. It's happening everywhere. It yeah. is. It's kind of weird. As an American who obviously is not a Republican, yeah. are you? Does it does it scare you? Because I think maybe before Trump, 
we would think these laws could never get changed. You would never think, you'd say some some extreme Republican is going to put forward a bill to ban drag queens in public, which is, it's almost a parody. It's almost like an SNL. Yeah. You know, how ridiculous it is and how they're so worried about drag queens, but not about any of the other well, it's organizations. Well, like, it's like John, John Stewart did a thing on his so podcast good. the other day. It's so good. It's, it's, it's just so hypocritical that... They're worried about children being exposed to drag queens and trans people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we have to protect the children. But yet we're still allowing guns all over the place. Yes. Which is the leading cause of death to children. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was, is gun violence. Yes. So, like, it, it's, it's like the priorities are so out of order. They're so backwards. Yeah. And do you experience that? Because you live in L.A. Do you yeah. live in L.A.? Yes. Yeah. So do you experience that? in somewhere as progressive as LA or I do think the coasts I think like California and New York are like you know they're they're definitely not the same as some of these other areas of Mm -hmm. our country I mean we have a big country so like you guys do yeah and it's you know it's like the different regions have a different energy and are people are people talking about do they feel fearful about all these changes or do you it's only like a news story like you can't really understand it because you're I'm sensing I think you know I have a lot of friends that are that do drag. Yeah, of course. And, and uh, you know, being queer and being a part of the community for you, I have a lot of f- friends that are obviously freaked out by this. Yeah. I'm freaked out by it. Yeah. I don't do drag, but, like, how different is what I do from what a drag queen does? Well, it's not that different. This other thing, what is the definition of a drag queen then? At what point do we do we then get down to that people who were born, who identified males at birth, are they not allowed to wear dresses or skirts? Well, or that's what's interesting about it. What's what so interesting about it is that it's coinciding with this whole gender revolution. Mm. That's why the conservatives are so freaked out. And they, they, they don't really understand it. Mm-mm. So they're like, drag queens, that's an easy target. That's the issue, yeah. yeah. And we had a similar thing here. I don't know if about Courtney Act. She, I love know, Courtney, yeah. 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 So um, she did this, uh, she read a children's book on the ABC, which is our, like, you know, you know the ABC. Yeah. Um, and there I heard was about a this. huge yeah. uproar. I saw it online, yeah. About how drag is inherently sexual and that and that, she, that Courtney's trying to groom children yes. by reading them a book about yes. gender inclusion. And it's just the leaps and bounds they will take in that instance. But when it comes to gun violence or when it comes to, I mean, I know if we can edit this out if you want to, but when it also comes to sexual assault in churches and things like that. I mean, don't get me started. I you mean, know, the institutionalized pedophilia, in, that's grooming. That's grooming. That's, and that's grooming. And, and I don't know if you listen to Dan Savage. You know Dan Savage? Yeah, he's great, yeah. And he says, you know, if if there were as many assaults in, in a Denny's uh, that there are in, in a church, no one would go to a fucking Denny's. Like, Ever. Like, like, the children would be no. banned from Denny's. Well, also, like, the thing that kills me about the whole grooming thing is that, <laughs> first of all, they're kind of using the word wrong when they're saying that, like, you know, that drag queens are trying to groom children. Mm. These drag queens don't want to fuck your kids. No, they definitely do no, not. No, they, they might fuck your husband. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's a risk. But, that's but, a risk. But they, do, they don't, that's not what, I don't, that's not what the drag... That's not what drag is. No, no. Drag is com- social commentary. Yes. Drag can be really funny and really smart and really entertaining. It can also be totally stupid and frivolous and harmless. And fun and silly, yes. It's not, it's not, it's not a predatory art form. No, it's not. Nor do I, any, none of the drag queens I know are predatory at all. And also, it's, people are saying it's inherently sexual, but aren't, most pop stars inherently. I mean, Britney well, the Spears double standard. In- don't get. I mean, the double standard thing is what I've been dealing with since I came out onto the scene. It yep. was like, oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, but they can do that. Yeah. Oh, they can do it because they're straight. Oh, but I, if I do the same thing, what's an example? Well, I did the AMA performance mm-hmm. that happened right as I released my first single. Mm-hmm. This was right after. Mm-hmm. This was like nine months after American Idol, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And I did a performance of For Your Entertainment, which is you know a sexy pop song. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I want, I want dancers, and we're gonna wear like, like you know, like harnesses and be yeah. kind of sexy. No, no more provocative or risque than what all the female artists were doing yeah. on stage. No more aggressive than what a ton of male, straight male mm-hmm. artists were doing. But because I was a gay guy, it was the backlash was like crazy. I kissed a guy on stage. Um, I like I grabbed another dancer and did some suggestive choreography, and it was like the outrage. It was interesting as well the with outrage. Britney and Madonna having a kiss on stage. Yes, I think 
that was more of a, oh, what a silly, quirky... I mean, there was still backlash, but it wasn't And maybe it's as because they identified as straight. Straight, yes. And it was a And they were women. Yes. If it had been men doing it, it would have been a totally different thing. Yes. When women kiss, I feel like it's so for the male gaze. I'm, exactly. I'm a, I'm a lesbian. She's a lesbian. So I'm just Me? like... She's I've a been, lesbian. I, I, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in bars and shit. But you're like, right. It is. men yeah. come up to me and It's a like, fetish for them. Kiss, kiss. Yeah. Like, yeah. you. Yeah. So it's totally like that. I totally agree with you. Whereas like, I think gay men kiss is fucking hard. Like, <laughs> it's not. It's not made as you know. No. Uh, but it's funny because now that well, look, we're still in a very sexist society, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like the tides are turning a bit, and mm-hmm. I, you know, there are there is progress being made. And it's funny because now you see so many women fetishizing men and, and gay men. Actually, yes. it's kind of a thing. Or like the Drag Race fandom. It's a lot of women watching that yeah. show. So it's interesting that things are shifting a bit. You know, and it's like. That's what the conservatives are so scared about. Mm. They're scared that everything that they held on to and kind of, you know, grew up with is being called into question. Yes. It scares it scares them to death. It, that is They're so, so true. scared, and that's it's it's an, it's it's like a signal that things are progressing. That's yes. why they're freaking yes. out. Yes, it is finally yeah. a tangible change in yeah. front of them. They can yeah. say, "Oh, well, this is this is what we told you is going to happen in the yes. future if you just let them be. They're yes. just going to infiltrate us and become, you know, multiply as if like." It's so yeah, funny because it's, it's like, and the end is what everyone be themselves and being happy. Like, I, I, I'm, it's it's bizarre. That. What is what that. is the fear? Because we already have issues, like we discussed about grooming and 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 gun. But there are already huge issues that have been completely ignored and intentionally pushed to the side by conservatives and there's something that is no one's there's I mean maybe I can't say no one but I've never heard of a drag queen assaulting a child while doing a dance to toxic you know what I mean if you find one example good job well done that's that's definitely not about the community at all yeah absolutely it's like people find one uh, false rape claim or one they go see someone it goes yeah yeah of course there's going to be examples of it not being true but should we discuss the culture as a whole maybe instead it's the lack of nuance I think because drag as you know an art form can be sexualized and cannot yeah. be sexualized yeah. it exists on a like a dynamic scale but like, what you're saying is so true it's like th- these parents that are freaked out for their children Oh, but you can't do that in front of a child. Then don't bring, don't let your kid go to the fucking show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's your job. I mean, I that's not the drag queen's job. They're yeah. not babysitters. 100%. Yeah. No, and that's the thing. I mean, that's what happened to me when the AMA performance mm. is that the, the the group that called in to complain was this like Christian parent group mm. that was going, he can't do that on television. What about my child? I'm like. Put your child. I'm not a babysitter. Off. It's your. It's that's your gig. Oh you my can God. you can decide whatever you want your kid to be raised like. That's yeah. your prerogative. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you have a right to to take away the freedom of speech from a performer. Yeah. Mm. What? When you did that, did you do it in a way that was like, I'm going to make a stand here, or was it that you that was your truest creative? outlet at that point like did you you know I think it was a mix of both which to I be think honest is great. With you. I think it was a mix of both. I was aware of I was a little annoyed with some stuff that had been going on before that like with the gay media because mm-hmm. they were kind of giving me a hard time and being like you have to be this kind of person and you have to do it this way and I was like whoa well, in what way what were they I, it was weird it was just weird energy and I was overwhelmed mm-hmm. you know it was all new and I was kind of trying to find my footing and then some of it was just like kind of in the moment I just mm-hmm. kind of why not yeah, and it's good when you truly believe in something and when you're being yourself authentically, then you don't, none of the backlash really, it kind of washes over you. Do you yeah. find that? Yeah. Like if you kind of know you did something a bit like shitty or you fucked up a little bit or you made a mistake, which I'm sure you have, I mean, we all have, then you go, okay, I do feel bad for this, the backlash is warranted. Or, but with that, it's like what was really, a bit of fun. What was really awful about that was the timing of it. If I had if it if I had done something like that three years into my recording career, it probably wouldn't have been as as detrimental. Mm-hmm. But this was right on the first single, so you have like you know the, this business is a business of uh, you know it is a business mm. as well as arts, and you have a whole you know company behind you yeah. putting money into your campaign and your brand and the album and everything. And if something happens that's going to like screw up the 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 commercial the release, marketability yeah, of your thing. Totally. They're going, okay, we're losing money now. Oh you God, know? Did you get in trouble? It, not in trouble, but I think people were kind of freaked out. Yeah. Because they were like, oh no. 
Yeah. And is this going to fail? You know, is this going to is this going to screw up our investment? Yeah, and absolutely. That's what it is, and you know? music is an investment. Like it's very they they like the you business loads. side of it. I mean, yeah, that's what, right. well, they pay for everything. You know, yeah. it's, it's like a movie studio. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like we are backing and paying for this piece of art to be made, and we are going to charge ticket prices to mm-hmm. make our money back, mm-hmm. and then hopefully make a profit. Yeah, it's one hundred and one, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if if you, <laughs> if you do something to screw up what they project it's going to earn, yeah. It's not great. You're not going to be the most popular great. guy at the company. Yeah, you know it's what I mean? not great. Did you have to explain to anyone not or did your manager do the talking? But it was like a lot of, like, they had to pivot on a lot of things. And there were I love people. The word pivot. pivot. Let's just pivot. They had to pivot. They, had to, they literally took the song, they, they pulled the plug on the song, even though we had recorded this crazy video for it. Like, they were just like, we, don't, we have to move, we have to go to the next thing. It's quite disheartening, isn't it? Because it's, it's, I know that they have put investment into you, but you think, this is my choice, it's my career, this is who I am, and you then have to kind of go into a little scrolled away version of who you are to make the public happy. Yeah, I had cold feet at that point, for sure. I was like, whoa. But again, the thing that was interesting to me was I knew that because of Idol, I knew that I got there because of a voice. And I was like, okay, so I did my like stunty thing. That's not all I can do. Mm-hmm. That's not all I am. Mm-hmm. And I knew that like the next song that they wanted to put out was What Do You Want From Me? And it was more emotional and kind of earnest and mm-hmm. vulnerable. I'm like, let's, so let's cut, let's, let's shift. Yeah. And also be this other thing, which mm-hmm. is like a legitimate vocalist. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that I had that other option, that yeah. I could do that. Speaking of Idol, I want to talk about your relationship to fame. I read another interview with you where you spoke about, it was like a quick fire mm-hmm. thing and someone asked you would you rather be famous or um, anonymous. And you were like, you know what, like a bit of fame's good, which I think is such an honest answer. It and can I, be fun. I loved yeah, it. It can, it can be, be fun. It can be fun. It can be, the, the attention can be nice. Yeah. But it can also quickly be weird. Yeah. And uncomfortable and bizarre. Totally. So yeah. when you first got that huge influx, I mean, Going from, you know, being an average person to then idol. Yeah. You're Adam Lambert. You're getting, you know, uh, repercussions from record labels. And da, 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 da. <clears throat> how has that changed for you and how has it evolved to now where you're so comfortable in yourself and your fame from how I see you? It was weird because I feel like what happens is, is that when you're famous, you're giving away freedoms. Mm-hmm. Not only just like, you know, walking to the grocery store or whatever, it's not that simple. It's literally like you, people feel like they own you. People feel like you owe them something. Mm-hmm. So whether it's like the fan base or a record company or the people you're working with, all of a sudden there's like all this expectation of mm-hmm. what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas before fame, you can kind of do what you want. No, like, shit. no you can you can be more autonomous. Mm-hmm. You can be like, well, I'm going to do this because I feel like it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to answer to anybody. Mm-hmm. But the minute there's all this energy underneath you and money and investment, all this stuff, it's like, yeah, yeah you, you're giving pain. away. It's a sacrifice. Yeah. You know? And did you ever struggle with that more or less, or did you always kind of have the this... first couple years was 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 weird. Yeah. yeah. Starting with that AMA thing was like very like, oh shit. Yeah. Because I, I came up in L.A. amongst, like, uh, my friends and my scene were, like, weirdos like me and, like, uh-huh. club kids and, <laughs> like, singers and dancers and very queer. And yeah. I, I had trans and drag queen friends. And mm-hmm. to me, I didn't realize that that little harmless, cheeky performance was going to, like, screw up. Oh my God. Anything. Yes. I, didn't, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah. Because in my world, that, that was pretty harmless. You know, babe, this is literally, I was like, this is nothing. No, babe, this is literally what I go through. Like, I'm seen as, like, extreme left-wing girl. I like the sexual, yeah. like, I was on The Bachelor, Sinister. and then I humped him on I humped him on TV, and I said, I want to <laughs> fuck him. In the water, we hadn't, it was, okay, we filmed for three months, we didn't have sex, I was very, in Australia, don't fuck on TV, it's bizarre. <laughs> It was very annoying. And then and then I humped him on. And then it was like, Abby's a villainous whore. Oh, and no. then it was, I got like trolled to death, whatever. But then I was like the like sexy left-wing girl. And I say things sometimes and you don't even realise because I've, I'm also like, I'm queer and a lot of my friends are queer and yeah. very left-wing and I grew up with a single mum. You don't even realise that there's there's so much like, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, when you, and then when you're confronted with it for the first time on like a national level, mm. it's like, whoa. It kind of is, it's disheartening and upsetting. At yeah, first it's you kind go, of depressing, yeah. Oh my God, I didn't realise how like, conservative oh right. this country yeah. is. Oh right, there's all of those people. Yes, yeah. totally. Like I said, what did I say? Okay, I said one time, 
Which time? Which time? Yeah, it's it's like almost every week I get something. (laughs) But I don't even think about it. As you can see, I just... But I said that... Because we had this election last year that... um, What was the year before? 2022? No, no, last year. Last year. We we went from having a very conservative prime minister Mm -hmm. to then having a very... Well, Anthony Albanese is like... Centre-left. Centre-left. And he he grew up in Housing Commission. He's like very like... It was very pivotal because obviously after Trump and it was kind of like we'd cleanse the world of of all the right-wing people, right? Right, right. Yep, Scott Morrison sucks. Fuck you. (laughs) So... (laughs) Hate him, hate him, hate him. So... I then said, and then what happened was in my, where I'm from, Brisbane, it's quite, it's kind of like the Texas of Australia. I've been there, right? yeah, yeah. Right. So right. It's, everyone sees it as like a redneck. Yeah. It became um, not just centre left, it became left, which is like with the Greens party. This is, you're getting a rundown of yeah, Australian this, politics, Yeah, this is a crash right? course, yeah. Anyway, basically our like eco party, all very for Indigenous rights, very for LGBTQ, mm-hmm. right. And I posted, I got drunk and I post, I did post a video. <laughs> I got drunk and I posted. That's- <laughs> That's, that's, that's where you went wrong. <laughs> there was a photo on my Instagram of my friends and I were all out pissed at a bar. Everyone was cheering at the bar when the dickhead lost. Yeah. And um, we, I put a photo of all of us with our fingers towards yeah. him. And then I put a story like the next morning saying like, oh, you know, conservatives are both literally and figuratively dying out in this country, <laughs> which I think is fair. Yeah. Like, because, they, because we looked at, we looked at I think it's a normal yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I was like getting ready. And it's I was just like, true. I was yeah. like, it's just true. And I was like, when you looked at the stats and all the young people being able to vote who are now Gen Gen X could now vote. No, Gen Z could now vote. Yeah. And it was a big shift. People, like a, a little, uh, what are they called? And that just went from far right to far left suddenly mm. in one election time, right? And then that fucking Sky News called me sinister <laughs> and said that I had a death cult and that I was hoping to kill all a conservatives. And they were like, she's trying to kill all the conservatives. Oh and I was like, I'm not trying to kill, I'm just saying you are dying. Like, I'm so sorry, but like. It's figurative, yeah. But you, but you like, you say things and you go, I was, I was just getting ready. Like, yeah. I was just being myself and being in a bubble is so weird. It's so weird. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing about being a celebrity and having a platform is also like the way the media can like, jump on something and amplify it in, in a sideways manner and yeah. turn something that was nothing into something that is too much. And it's, 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 it is definitely like um, an obstacle course. Like yeah. you have to kind of like go through and be like, oh, okay, oh, okay, and got preempt it. preempt everything. Yeah. It's preempt how it's going to be taken. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing? And that's thing? also why a good publicist is really helpful. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I don't listen to anyone. Like this is the I issue. I have listening to. Yeah. <laughs> People it's advise. not my strong suit. Yeah, people also, I just do, I don't even ask for advice. I just do. I just do I don't do really things. ask for advice either. I'm yeah. around people that just give it to me and that's good. Yeah, and I go, Because I need to be so told much. sometimes. On my phone going, thanks. Not listening yeah. at all, going, oh, I'm still going to do it though. <laughs> Maybe we should. And I go, that sucks. I'm still going to do it. You guys can deal with it afterwards. <laughs> um, what's the weirdest time that something, like, do you have any stories of that where you've done something? I mean, obviously the AMA performance, but, or you've said something and you go, I didn't even fucking think that would oh, be a thing. Plenty of times. Like, plenty of times. Or like just, you know, look, like I'm an opinionated guy. I yeah. like talking like about everything yeah. and going into it. And it's like the kind of conversation you have in your living room, then you, you have a two mini drinks and you do it on Twitter. And yeah. it's like, oh, I can't have that conversation on Twitter. <laughs> that opinion will not work out on yeah. Twitter because it's just going to cause an avalanche of bullshit. Yeah, you know? and for almost no reason. And you go, wow, that was just a drunk tweet. And so it, t- it took me a few years Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of stumbles to kind of go, okay. it's not worth it. Cool. I'm four years it. in, so yeah, maybe I mean, this will be the year. Maybe after this conversation. You just you start going like, like, is it worth it? Yeah, yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like dealing with it. Let's do a positive chat to finish this off. I want to talk about your charity, Feel Something Foundation. Yeah. Give me a rundown. What does it do? Why did you start this? Everything. I want to know. I mean, I, I had like kind of moonlighted with a bunch of different organizations over mm-hmm. the years. You know, like a lot of queer-based mm-hmm. like groups and initiatives and things and, and um, special drives and stuff mm-hmm. with different, like GLAAD and mm-hmm. the, the Trevor Project, yes. you know, and all these things. And, and I just, you know, I think over the years I was like, be, I became more and more interested and invested in like the cause mm-hmm. and our community. Mm-hmm. And, and I just thought, you know, I think it's time to put something together of my own mm-hmm. to just take it up a notch. Yeah. And what we do is we, we're LGBTQ plus focused. Yeah. We raise awareness for certain causes and organizations. We raise money. I, my fans are like so passionate and like responsive yeah. to these these ideas that that mm-hmm. I communicate to them. And yeah, it's just been amazing. We've partnered up with 
you know, like we did something with the LGBTQ Center of, of LA, which mm -hmm. was really interesting. We've done, um, I did a Pride Live event um, like two summers ago mm -hmm. for, uh, we did a thing called Stonewall Day, which was really yeah. fun. Put a concert together. Um, there's a group in San Diego uh, at San Diego Children's Hospital called the Rady Center mm -hmm. for gender affirming care. Oh, and this wow. is what's kind of under attack in the states right now. This is kind of a new hot topic. Yes. Is that these I, these gender affirming care mm -hmm. centers are under attack, mm -hmm. and it's it's weird to me because. It, these are medical, this is medical. Mm -hmm. This is San Diego Children's Hospital, this one in particular. Mm -hmm. Doctors, psychologists, um, I think social workers, they're all involved in this mm -hmm. thing. They have to have parental yes, consen consent. Yes, consent. For those people who don't know, sorry, can you explain what the service yes. is? The service is for you know young people um, exploring and identifying um, as something, you know, maybe not what they were born yeah. as for trans people, um, non-binary people, mm -hmm. and their families to go and get some support. Okay. Mm -hmm. Both medical support, psychological support, just help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so much of what's great about it is they're actually educating the parents mm. and explaining to the parents, this is what they mean this is it's like a liaison yeah. it's like a middleman and it's it's beautiful i talked to when we went down there i talked to a handful of parents mm -hmm. and their kids about their experience it did nothing but help them yeah because they were you know in situations in communities where they weren't understood and the, you know the parent didn't understand what to do to help to mm -hmm. be the, the best parent for the child mm -hmm. and you have this center of, of professionals mm -hmm. trained professionals helping these young people and their families mm -hmm. Why would you take that away from people? Mm. This There's is mass what people outrage, need. right? About it. There's mass outrage about uh, yeah. kids with gender affirming. I also heard on Dan Savage, number one fan. Um, he was <laughs> saying that it takes 18 months to even get into this. So it isn't it isn't There's a lot decision. of decision. Yeah, it's, it's not a like a reckless program. No. Like they're they're like very thought out, mm -hmm. very careful. And yeah, it's it's very strange to me. I mean, look, young people that are coming up right now, like you said, they're so smart. Mm -hmm. They have tons of information at their fingertips. That's why these people are freaked out. Yeah. They don't, they, they feel like they, they can't keep up can't with the kids. And they can't control the kids And you kids know what? Well. You're not going to be able to. No, sorry. They're going to go, f this is what, this is the world we've created. Yeah. And this is what, what young people are, 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 are now. Yeah. I mean, this the is, best. they're going to like know what's up. So did the foundation, uh, so the foundation, work with, yes. no, no, so the, the foundation, the foundation, um, we partnered up with them. We raised some funds for, um, some of their facilities mm -hmm. to kind of help kind of beef them up and make them a little more fabulous for the kids. Amazing. Um, and it's just something I want to continue to do some more work with them because I just think especially right now considering that in so many states it's becoming illegal yeah. um, it, wow. it's just it's just strange to me I mean you look at the trans community the odds are stacked against trans people as it is mm -hmm. it's a it's not the easiest road based on the world that, that that is around them queer people in our community you know some of us understand that and we're really supportive of our trans mm -hmm. brothers and sisters yeah. but even within the queer community, yeah. there's a lot of yeah. like, uh, mm -hmm. and it's just like, you know, everyone has the right to be happy. Everyone has the right to freedom, mm -hmm. you know, and to, 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 I don't, I just, I don't understand why people don't just mind their own fucking business. That's like, so why true. is it any of your business? If you don't want your kid to do something, that's, then you worry about your kid. Yeah. Why are you worried about this mm -hmm. person's child? Mm -hmm. That's none of your business. Or even adults. They're even worried yeah. about adults. Yeah. What, how does it affect you if someone gets gender affirming surgery? Well, and it's this whole, it's, you know, especially in the States, it's very religious. Mm -hmm. it's, that's where a lot of it's coming from. Um, it's a lot of judgment, which is ironic because, you know, the Bible teaches you not to judge. judge. So it's like, what are we doing? But yeah. a lot of it comes from that. Yeah. And fear and control. And, and I feel like with the kids, it's never a good idea to withhold information. The, mm. the solution is is not about holding back. It's about providing information, age-appropriate information. Yeah. But you can talk about sex. You can talk about whatever you want to a child. Yeah. But people get so jumpy about revealing too much. Well, this and this is the other thing that I've noticed. There's the, not only the drag queens been under attack and Jennifer and Care Centers, but in Florida, this thing happened where it was "Don't Say Gay." This whole yes. bill, "Don't yep. Say Gay," oh, which is the that. most ludicrous one of all, mm -hmm. because they're basically saying you can't acknowledge homosexuality to these children. I didn't no. know about that. Yeah. And the detail of it is, un it, it's like the young children, right? So like, look, I get it. I get that parents are freaked out. Like, what if something's age inappropriate? But we're grooming children to be straight. 
Yeah. Our whole society is built on that and has mm-hmm. been built on that. Yeah. When you are, you know, a substitute teacher comes into a second grade class and doesn't have, you know, a, a lesson plan for the day, they put on a movie, mm-hmm. they're going to put on The Princess and the Frog or yeah. Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. or you name it. You yeah. name the number of fairy tales mm-hmm. that reaffirm the idea of like, this is what a man does, this is what a woman does, and yeah. they fall in love mm-hmm. and this... That's grooming as well, yeah, if, yeah, by yeah. that definition. All you're doing is, is you're reinforcing heteronormative culture upon little kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, when it comes down to it, this is my whole thing about the double standard. It's like, well, you mean we're not allowed to acknowledge that there might be two princes? Yeah. Or that this teacher might have a husband? Or, yeah. or, or you know, a same-sex partner? Yeah. You can't just, that's not sex. That has nothing to do with what's happening in the bedroom. Yeah. That's all that is, is, is behavioral. And mm. it's about um, dynamics and gender roles. It says it's not sex. It's also like I'm a testimony to actually not knowing about gayness or whatever, queerness, mm. growing up in a very heteronormative society. Mm. Look where I am now. <laughs> you get no matter like only at twenty did I find out. Yeah. And I'm there. Yeah. You know? Like yeah, you can't no matter. And you found your much, path and your own path. Yeah. It doesn't how matter much how much you block information. Yeah. Well that's what I keep saying. Like, what do you think they're gonna catch it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not contagious. No. Yeah, yeah. But I think that, that there's a lot of people that don't understand sexuality or gender, you know, that are close minded to it, and that's literally what they're afraid of. Mm. They're like, if you guys keep talking about it, then my child's gonna get too many ideas in their head. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? If that idea is in their head, that was there. Yeah, they were and, born that and way. Yeah, they're able to discover that and explore yeah. that. And also, we've had things like Will and Grace and Cry for the Straight Guy for the past 20 years. Is isn't anything new? The acknowledgement of I watched Queer Eye with my mum since from when I was six and did a little dance for my sister. You know, like <laughs> you know, like everyone's been doing it since they were kids, and it's been nothing but good. And then to I think even to acknowledge, okay, if it was about sex. It would also be totally fine because it's, it's just, just, it's to just explore, an equality right? thing. If, yeah. If you say that we can't acknowledge homosexuality, then we can't acknowledge heterosexuality. How's that? Yeah. Sorry. Well, it's, it's about equality. That's mm-hmm. the point. And it's like, you know, I think, yeah, it, it, it makes me so mad because basically what it does is it reinforces the idea that gay is bad. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they're saying. I'm glad that I tried Queer to end. Is bad. Que- I'm glad that I tried to end the chat on a positive note. Me go, me go. Ask like, um, so tell me more about the foundation. What it is for the music business? Yeah, well, what we what we've done recently is we partnered with Music Cares, which is the charity nonprofit that's associated with the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And what they've done um, for years is really helped artists and people in the music business. They they do um, they they support them when times are tough. I mean, during the pandemic, they like helped people out. I mean, it, it's an amazing organization. One of the things I realized coming up in the last 13 years in the music industry was that there aren't any like org- organized kind of events or movements for queer people in music. Mm. There's a wonderful like women in music initiative that's been catching speed mm. and it's lovely from what I've seen from the outside as mm. <laughs> sideline feminist, yes. you know. Yes. But, but it, um, there's not really anything that's like officially organized mm. for queer people in music. And now, over the past 13 or so years, you see you see a lot more people in the music industry that identify as queer. I mean, look at the artists now that are mainstream, that are having hits and getting awards. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, like, when I started in pop music, I would go in to do writing sessions with songwriters and producers, and they were all straight. Yeah. Uh, Mostly men. Um, And and so now, uh, the last few years, I've done writing sessions both for this musical, Mm -hmm. for the album I put out before, and there were more queer people than ever that I was getting to write with and work with, and I was like, wow, this is a shift. Mm. So I, I, through the the Feel Something Foundation, we did a a brunch one day at my house. And we just we tried to invite as many people in in, in the industry that we knew were queer mm-hmm. to come over and just connect mm. and just have like a communal kind of vibe, um, and it was great. It was a great mixer because a lot of us hadn't met before. Yeah, wow! So, and you got to come together and kind of compare notes and talk mm-hmm. and, and talk openly and have that little yeah. queer bubble that was thinking about before, but you can have it in an, as well overlapping your industry that yeah. you can all... It's like Lem went during Pride, she went to this um, Arab uh, queer oh, night. I went to an Arab queer. Arab lesbian night, was it? Wow. I went to two. <laughs> two, which I it? said for her would have been amazing, like to have yeah, that. Yeah, like just, you know, Arabic kind of, uh, you know, modal 
music cool. with like a club beat. Nice. And it was fucking <laughs> sick with like male belly dancers, non-binary belly dancers, cool. like men with big beards and just sparkles. I love that. So I love. So cool. Having two parts of yourself and two part two communities you're a part of overlap would have been so amazing. Yeah. You know. And that's kind of like I, I, you know, that was the seed planted, and and um, you know, we've been in talks with Music Cares. We definitely want to keep pushing that forward. Um, it was great, I think, because I think when, you know, when I first came out onto the scene, there were definitely like a few queer people around, but it was like, because we were just getting our foot in the door, people were scared. They're like, okay, then I, you know, maybe I'll be the only queer person in the room and I have to fend for myself. Yeah. And, and like, so now it's like, we have to help each other. We have to be a family. Absolutely. And that, I mean, that goes beyond the music industry. I think there is examples in the queer community of us sort of like eating our own, so to speak, mm -hmm. or... Now more than ever, it's like we gotta support each Stay other. Together. It's so important. Absolutely, it's so important. And I'm, I'm so happy I got to speak to you. You yeah. are amazing. Thank you. So that are was you. such a wonderful chat. I feel like we just had a bit of a vino are together. You a Gemini. What? Yes. Are you really? Yes. What are you? Aquarius. Oh my god, is that why? Do that's, we get along? That's why, like, we can talk, talk, talk. How did I know that? Oh my god, I don't know. That's. Did you get that on camera? Oh yes, my god, we did, and that's a fucking video. Okay, but you know, you know, there was this, there was this. Okay, when I was in the Bachelor, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I fucking fuck my life, but also like we we love it. Um, I don't know if you ever saw this fucking video. Sarah Highland reposted it, and it was my first ever like ever thing on TV ever, mm -hmm. ever and they edited this my entrance of me going up to The Bachelor and he's an astrophysicist and I go hi I'm Abby he goes hi Matt I go what do you do and he goes I'm an astrophysicist and then they edited it for me to go mm, I'm a Gemini I saw so that yeah, yeah. that's you Because okay, what actually happened was this. I walked up, my fucking bitch of a sister, it's your fault, Jolly. <laughs> no. She was like, if you're nervous, just ask me what a star sign is. It's silly and you can go, I don't give a fuck, right? She up to me and goes, I'm an astrophysicist. I go, oh my God. I, and I do this. I know this isn't the same thing, but... What's your star sign? I did that. So I went, You're like, I, I know the difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he was like, I'm a Leo. Then I said, oh my God, I'm a Gemini. And it was cut that way. Blame it on the edit. Yeah. The damn edit. Yeah. Fucking edit. We've but all yeah. been there. So yeah. Gemini ADHD as well. Hence the. Well, it's funny because I, I, I felt it and I'm, I swear it's not because of that clip. Cause I didn't put, I didn't know that was you. Yeah. But I've seen it. I have seen it, and it was very funny. Oh my god! Well, you're. I can usually guess these days, like, or get close. I can kind of guess. Oh my god! Amazing! Thank you so much. It was so gorgeous. Oh, you're so lovely. Thank you. Yay! Likewise. Oh my god, that was great. That was fun. Thank you so much for indulging me, my political chat. Listener.